Good morning, Mashi. Good evening, Dennis. Uh, I'm not going to break form today. I have a movie quote. Although those are actually more recent for that's, me. That's my forte. Get off my yeah, lawn. Fair enough. Um, it is from Air. You haven't seen Air, have you? The new Michael Jordan no. movie? Oh, no, no. I'm it's not going to see that. It's interesting. It's, um, it's a Matt Damon. Wants to see ben it. Affleck joint. It's good. Um, what's interesting about it is that Michael Jordan isn't really in it at all. It's not about uh, Michael Jordan. Well, th- that's part of it. But I remember I watched an interview with, I think it was with Ben Affleck, talking about why they didn't cast anybody as Michael Jordan. And they were like, because Michael Jordan is that level of person that we can be like, oh, yeah, this is Phil Knight and this is Michael Jordan's mom. That's fine. But as soon as somebody walks on and you go, that's Michael Jordan, you go, no, they aren't. That's not. No, it's not. Like, do you I, ever, I, it's that like ingrained? That's I think, true. I think that's a patently ridiculous statement. Why? Because people, you film stuff all the time with iconic actors playing the role. It's like come it's on. just hard to it's just harder to buy because everybody else is like because because it's it's a document you know documentary. They made a Muhammad Ali movie with Will Smith. Was that a problem? Yeah, Will, I mean Muhammad Ali is pretty damn iconic. That's they made true. a Ray Charles movie with Jamie Fox. Was that a problem? Yeah, I but mean, he's got the glasses on. on for the whole movie. It's different. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I just get out of here with that. It's called acting, you guys. Acting. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not here to critique Ben Affleck. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. I just. That's the kind of thing that's like, really? They made a whole <laughs> mini series about the Wu Tang Clan. They made a movie about, um, you know, NWA with Easy E, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's pretty damn iconic. I mean, I don't know. Stuff like that, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I appreciate that. It's all right. It's, they made not- a Jackie Robinson movie. I mean, people probably don't really remember what Jackie Robinson, but Muhammad Ali. No, Muhammad Ali's famous enough, pretty big. Um, that is not what I wanted to come here and talk about. We can unpack that if you want. It's a quote from the movie, and I don't know that the actual Phil Knight said it, but it's a quote from Phil Knight in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and he says, You're remembered for the rules you break. And I wonder why wonder what your take was, was on rule breaking or on rule bending, maybe. But let's stick with breaking. I think he's talking to uh about the design of the uh, of the Nike Airs because they're their shoes shoes are supposed to be 51% white to be NBA shoes. And it's so they don't scuff and stuff like that. Um, and they break that rule and they're like, we'll make more money from the publicity of the shoe being like too cool to wear on the court than the fines for breaking the rule are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple famously did the same thing with um, a little more directly commercially in Europe with phone chargers because by EU law, everything's supposed to be a standardized cable. They're all supposed to be USB-C. Apple has lightning cables, obviously. And Apple makes more money selling chargers than they do have to pay for the, for the fines for breaking that law. So they're like, okay, well, that's an easy, that's an easy thing to fix. But those are those are things where the clearly that's just a misalignment of the, you know the punishment and the and the and the crime in that case. Yeah. How do you feel ethically about rule breaking to make an impact? I think rule breaking to make an impact is necessary. I think it's a great way to. I mean, you know, this all depends on the rules you break. I don't think. Also, this isn't. I guess this isn't a business context. These aren't right? personal. These aren't personal crimes either you know i'm not saying like go steal from someone or stab someone or anything like that that will make an impact Um, i think think that rule breaking in terms of growth and evolution is necessary if all we ever do the rules we have in place whether they be in business Mm -hmm. whether they be in in um personal growth or any of these things they are not in place to really facilitate getting to that next level I always think rules are meant to get you to a certain level. And once you're at that level, you have to decide what the next step is, right? There's a there's a 
a Buddhist quote that I say all, I, I like to use all the time, which is, you know, if you find if you find the Buddha on your path to enlightenment, you have to slay the Buddha, which mm. is to say you have to make your own way. You have to find a path that suits you. Coming from a Buddhist background, all Buddhism is meant to do is, is this edifice to get you as close to enlightenment as possible. If you follow these rules, you'll get close to enlightenment. But at a certain point, you have to make that jump. You have to break the rule. You have to take a chance if you really want to find enlightenment. I think the same is true for business. I think the same is true for personal growth. Now, when it comes to like personal growth and enlightenment, a lot of times you know what you need to do, but you're too fearful to do it, mm -hmm. right? Um, and with business, that same fear is there. You don't necessarily know exactly what you need to do, but you know you got to take a leap of faith. This and is this ultimately about- a lot in like the sort of in the like sort of startup culture we live in now with like with like disruptors, especially in tech things like that. And you and I have been in this position before and we're together where we're we might we might be a small fish in a certain market. And it's like, okay, well, we gotta be spicy. We gotta be a little bit more agile and a little bit riskier um, because we can afford to do that where larger players can't. Of course. And I think that's the key to you have to find leverage. You have to leverage your advantage. You have to find your advantages mm -hmm. then you have to leverage your advantage. That's what you're talking about. The key to being smaller is what rules can you break? What things can you do that the big boys and girls and others in the industry can't do? But breaking rules, because, and 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 we're really talking about written rules, right? We're talking about air, we're talking about Apple. There's all these unwritten rules too, the things you're not supposed to do. Um, in an industry, they're those the, are just, they're, they're even more interesting, I think, right? Unwritten rules are complete bullshit. Unwritten rules Most are this can. thing that all the established players have put into place to maintain the status quo. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about breaking rules, what we're really talking about is the status quo. And I think at the heart of that quote is you've got to break the rules, you know, because you got to break the status quo. Are you happy with your role in the status quo? Okay, well, if you're Apple, you probably are, straight yep. up, okay? But innovators, and Apple certainly is an innovators, they know even when you lead the status quo, there's a thousand companies under you looking to disrupt and take over that leadership spot. So beat them, break the rule again, not every time, but slowly and consistently to keep ahead of the pack. So yes, you have to break the rules to get known. You have to break the rules to find success. Is it risky? Yes. Could it be your downfall? Absolutely. Success isn't free, right? You got to take those chances. If you don't, I mean, if you don't want to take those chances, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But it puts a cap on success. It puts a cap on failure too. It does. It does. You're, you're minimizing the extremes of both outcomes and that's okay. You know, you have to understand what you want to do. Not everyone, we start to lionize different things. Sometimes it's like, oh, entrepreneurship. Let's go be an entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship's scary. Mm -hmm. Being a business owner means you don't cast checks sometimes. You know, that's a scary thing. When you're a W 2 employee, guess what? You don't cash that check. You know what you do? Like, I quit. Actually, you just fired me because you're not paying me anymore. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go find another job. I'm going to go find another steady income. Why would you aspire to entrepreneurship? There's so many stresses. There's upside, but there's so many stresses. There's so many opportunities for failure. Abstract away from that. There's this weird culture, and I think this pervades everywhere, but certainly in America, where you're at a company, you need to be aspiring for management. Why aren't you working for that management position? Mm -hmm. You don't, Do you really want to be a manager? 
Do you want to give people critical feedback about their performance? Do you have to sit there and terminate someone? These are not pleasant things. These are not things that anyone wants to do. But that, well, but that upward momentum is so societally ingrained that like it's we, we look down on people for being like, actually, I'm happy with where I am. And that's yeah. where you get things like the Peter principle, right? Where you get promoted into in, until you're incompetent. There's no exactly. other way. Uh, and there's also like, let's say, let's take an example of a, of a more physical. Let's say you're a welder, right? Mm -hmm. And you get promoted to managing a team of welders. The skills that make you the best welder on the team have nothing to do with the skills that make you the best person to manage those welders. And you and I have talked about books. We've read, you know, um, the dysfunctions of a team and stuff like that, um, that break into this a little bit. But this whole thing of like, this sort of drive to, you know, and some one of them is like you said, you don't want to get promoted all the time. The other one is this like idea of like, oh, it's so important to be an entrepreneur and be like, you know, financially independent and make yeah. your own hours and stuff. There are plenty of down, not even counting the risks. There are plenty of downsides, raw downsides to the successful version of that too. Yeah. I mean, the, the stresses and the type of mentality and type of person you have to be, even when it's successful, mm -hmm. is different. It's not for everyone. That's what I think we need to realize when it comes to whether you want to be a welder or a manager, how far you want to work up the corporate rung, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not, is not finding, again, that cookie cutter path that we I, we lionize and idealize as success, but stepping back and saying, what's success? And what does success look you? like for me? Because it will, exactly. it should be individualistic. It is. It, that, that, that's, the, that's the big trick of it all. Sorry, it is, right? It should feel right. individualistic. It should feel that way. And what it comes down to a lot of times, I think, is financial motivation, financial and power. Can you control your hours and how much money are you make? And finding that balance between those two, because when you're an entrepreneur, it's like this idea that you can control your hours. No, you can't. You get a phone call at 2 a.m. You better pick that thing up. If you don't pick it up, no one else is. And they need a decision. You, yeah, think you don't get controlling like, your hours. You cannot shut your laptop at 5 p.m. and call it a day. You can't. You want to go on vacation. If you have a good team around you, you can. But even then, you may get that text, that phone call, that Slack break breaking through your no notifications. I've been like, through many on many calls with you, and you are I'm like I, I mean, it's like a it was like a small small startup. It's not quite entrepreneurial, but it's very close. I've been on many Zoom calls with you where you're just like in the Bahamas. Like oh, yeah. that's happened plenty of times. I'm on vacation. Yeah, you know. So you know, there's this idea that you control your hours, but like right now, I was just telling you. Um, you know, Sasso's on vacation. Mm -hmm. So now I'm working like 60 hours a week because we don't have someone else to fill the gap. And that's just what it is. And that's not a surprise. I, I knew that was coming, but it ain't going to fall nowhere else. It's either mm -hmm. that or turn the money off. And that's not really a great option. <laughs> so, you know, I think that w breaking the rules is what establishes you. It, it's what, it's mm -hmm. what makes a name for you. Picking the right rule to break is massively important. Right, the delta between what you think are hard and fast rules and what the people around you think are hard and fast rules are is that's the difference. And what's going to get you noticed? What rules are you going to break that matter? Mm -hmm. And what rules are you going to break? The people are just going to be like, "Oh, cool. I didn't even know that was a thing." Cool. Because when well, you do that, you're just paying fines for no reason. <laughs> well, Mashi, I hope you go into your into your day to day slaying Buddhas, but also breaking a couple rules, maybe. Yeah, find the right rules, go out there and break them, baby. Have a great morning.